هيجن سفتا شخص هرما والله فكي خسر كرما Hey and welcome back to episode 61 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history and tourism in the North Caucasus Mountains of Russia. We pick it back up again today with Dima from Caucasus Explorer. We've been exploring Abkhazia and now we're going into South Ossetia. Where's South Ossetia you say? It's easy. You just go to North Ossetia and go down. Sorry. Uh, this is why I need the co-host. All right. Uh, but he's going to uh, give us some history and a lot of insight into what actual travel in that region would look like. Enjoy the jam because I am digging it back with the Abkhazian remix. <laughs> You made a good transition kind of there uh, talking about South Ossetia. Let's talk a little about South Ossetia and then we'll kind of end with some of the kind of tourist highlights of each place. So tell us a little about, we talk about North Ossetia on the podcast, uh, but tell us a little about South Ossetia, the culture, um, why are they not uh, connected uh, maybe geopolitically with Russia or with Georgia, etc.? Culturally, uh, so uh, Russia recognized South Ossetia as an independent country. They okay. have uh, own uh, uh, police, president, and so on, all institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, economically, they are heavily supported by Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the border with Georgia is closed, uh, and uh, most of the population um, is Ossetian, uh, Ossetian people. And uh, maybe only a few hundreds of people are Georgian okay. now. <clears throat> and um, uh, the, so culturally, they of course connected with North Caucasus, with Ossetia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are Ossetian people. They speak same language. They have same uh, religious celebrations, mm-hmm. uh, Ossetian uh, religion tradition, and uh, same situation about the mixture with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the cuisine is a mixture of Ossetian cuisine and uh, Georgian cuisine because they live together for for centuries. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how Ossetian people get there? Right? <laughs> Maybe we can talk a little yeah. about. Uh, you, let's do that because just because when you look at a map, South Ossetia, it, it's like it's a piece of Georgia <laughs> geographically. You know, it's it's south of the rest of the Caucasus the North Caucasus republics, but it's, it's a separate entity. Yeah. I am interested kind of why they dip down farther. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. From, uh, for many, many centuries from antique time, uh, uh, this, uh, territory was, uh, part of, uh, Iberia or part of, uh, Kartli because, you know, Georgia is a country quite modern, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for example, in medieval time, it was divided to different uh, feudal states. Uh, and uh, South Ossetia is uh, till now called by Georgians Shida Kartli, which means uh, Upper Kartli. Wow. Mm. Uh, and uh, mm. uh, so the population was 
of this territory was uh, mostly Georgian, uh -huh. Kartli, more correctly, if we say not Georgian, but Kartli. Uh, and uh, northern part of uh, this territory was inhabited by uh, Dwal people, okay. uh, so-called Dwalitia. Uh, and uh, till now, till now, scientists don't know who were those people culturally. Huh. Uh, certain scientists say that they were culturally connected with Iranian-speaking world, hmm. like with Scythian, Sarmatian, or Ossetian people. Uh, that is like one um, branch, one cultural branch. Uh, and of course, Georgian uh, scientists say that they were connected with Georgian and yeah. with, uh, one of the languages from Georgian group of languages. And uh, <laughs> there is even the third uh, side, uh, people from, scientists from Chechnya and Ingushetia say that no, Dwal people, they were Nochi, uh, they were Vainach. <laughs> type of people you know they actually originate from north carolina most people don't know this but andrew will tell you that i'm i'm a part of the fourth strain that claims <laughs> their hours in america most most yeah no we're just <laughs> we're here usually the other way around but <laughs> wow that's so interesting uh so uh, then in medieval time uh waves of uh people from the North Caucasus that coming south to this territory. Hmm. Uh, that happened uh, because of um, complicated political situation, mm -hmm. because of wars, because of genocide uh, made by Timurland mm -hmm. uh, in Alania, uh, and um, because of uh, inner politics in Golden Horde, uh, because, you know, all this territory, both North Caucasus and Georgia, it was part of Golden Horde. Mm -hmm. uh, so the so, South Caucasus too. Uh, yeah, Georgia was uh, part of uh, Golden Horde, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, of course, in some periods they be be became more independent. And I uh, uh, people were, as far as I understand, uh, more loyal to Golden Horde, and they get more support. Hmm. Uh, and for example, it's quite known thing that uh, in end of 13th century, so-called Osbagatar, uh, Ossetian uh, commander, he was uh, he had official uh, position in uh, Golden North, and hmm. he attacked uh, Georgian king, and uh, hmm. he even uh, captured Gori. You know this uh, town, right, where Stalin was born? Yes. Uh, um, in Georgia, yeah. Yeah, in Georgia, and it belonged to Ossetia for a few years, mm. but uh, then uh, they become weak again, and uh, Georgian king, and king get the territory back. Uh, but so uh, the biggest uh, movement of Ossetian people to this territory started in uh, seven. 17th, 18th century, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because uh, especially in the middle of 18th century, because, you know, the climate in the Caucasus, in the highlands of Caucasus become, became uh, really bad, mm. and the highlanders uh, could not survive without uh, uh, rubbering uh, mm -hmm. expeditions, attacks, uh, uh, okay. living in the valleys, and for Georgia, it was a disaster. They 
called Likoba uh, when uh, Highlanders from Dagestan went to Georgia to rob people and ah. Osoba when Ossetian people mm -hmm. came to uh, valleys to rob uh, wow. fields and farmers. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, uh, but, and uh, also just farmers, they uh, uh, choose uh, not to die of hunger in the highlands, but go down uh, right. valleys to become uh, dependent uh, farmers. Mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know in English. It is not. It is not slaves. You know, feudal dependence of farmers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like uh, dukes, serfs. Uh, yeah, and uh, there are so many documents of. Um, 18th century when uh, the family of Ossetian farmers uh, signed the deal with uh, Duke, with Georgian Duke. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he allows them to live on the territory, but they became his uh, servants. Oh. Uh, and that, that is how it worked. Uh, and so many Ossetian people went there that, uh, and Georgian farmers go down and down to valleys. They, uh, left uh, mountains of Ossetia because uh, there were, you know, periods of hunger and uh, mm. uh, so these uh, mountains become empty. Ossetian people, Ossetian people came, start living there, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in uh, uh, middle of 19th century there was already 2,800 uh, Ossetian uh, houses on the territory of South Ossetia. Hmm. Uh, and then it was even more and more and more. And, uh, you know, in Soviet time, uh, most of the population of South Ossetia was Ossetian. Mm -hmm. Actually, this term in South Ossetia appeared even in 19th century. So in 19th century, it was more of Ossetian people than Georgian. Huh. Uh, yeah. That, but, but uh, you know, when when I told you that culturally that is uh, part of the North Caucasus, uh -huh. right, because Ossetian people live there, but uh, architectural heritage is also part of culture, right? Right. So in South part of South Ossetia, you would find uh, you will find a lot of uh, churches built by Georgian feudals, mm. beginning from uh, nine to. 18th century. Yeah. And uh, some few examples are really brilliant. Like, uh, you remember we talked about the world-class architecture? Yes. Right? And that in the books you can find like middle-class <laughs> class architecture. So you can find a uh, few examples of that. Huh. For example, Ikorta Church, that is really great, uh, amazing uh, wood garden. Tir Monastery is really interesting. Wow. Man, so yeah, it the history, it's not just straightforward, you know, that there was in both these places, Abhazia and South Ossetia, a lot of coming and going, different influences yeah. from different regions. Um, Dima, I would love to hear um for our most of our listeners are foreigners from all over the world. Um, how do they get to these places? Um and what would you say, can you pick out the top two kind of places to see in each place? Two, top two in Abhazia, top two in South Ossetia, 
and how can they visit? And you can pit, definitely put a pitch for your uh, tour company in here yeah, because do. you guys are the main ones doing trips to this region. So go ahead and shamelessly plug. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to get Abkhazia, uh, you must uh, get your entry permit. Uh -huh. uh, just uh, look at the website of Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Abkhazia. Okay. Uh, fill in the application on the website. In a few business days, you will get uh, uh, the permit. Uh -huh. uh, maximum is uh, one week. Okay. Uh, and you can get Abkhazia both from Russia and from Georgia. Okay. It's important. Mm -hmm. You can choose uh, both as possible. Uh, um, and then you just get in, you get your departure visa. Uh, you can get it on the border. Okay. Or you can get it in Suhum. Uh, Abkhazian people hospital, you need, uh, you don't need uh, entry visa, you need departure visa. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what to see? I would say Abkhazian mountains are really, really beautiful, really okay. picturesque. You should go there. Hmm. Uh, if you are a hiker, tracker, you should uh, spend uh, some time in mountain and uh, hmm. Uh, spend some time with shepherds because shepherds are the people who really keeps the tradition of traditions of Abkhazian nation. Hmm. That they are the people who really behave like real Abkhazian people. Wow. Usually, so of course, there are some exceptions and so on. But if you want to touch the, this tradition, very ecological type of mind, uh, and uh, meet people who really believe in all the spirits and whose hospitality are really iconic, uh, that is Abkhazian shepherds. So I have a question about that. I mean, if you're a foreigner, obviously, so if a foreigner comes with your company, Caucasus Explorer, mm -hmm. do you prearrange meetings with, for example, shepherds? I mean, how can you, as a company, help people or guarantee that people will be able to encounter this kind of authentic Abkhazian culture um when it depends on uh, yes if, if people like do the tour uh, we have to prearrange that it's quite hard because uh shepherds don't have a cell phone connection <laughs> yeah uh, and uh of course no uh, satellite phones so we have to find the time maybe months before a few weeks before and have to go there meet them uh, arrange that that uh, uh, in particular time particular day they will uh -huh. come with horses and meet uh, the group so, uh, it's not easy. so when you encourage people to yeah. go to the mountains <laughs> what kind of infrastructure is there you've already said there's no you know cell phone service um in the mountains are there you have to stay in tents you stay in and, uh, tents, so it's like backpacking. you stay in, in their huts. If uh, we are not a big group, like one, two, three people, we can stay in their huts. Uh, wow. And uh, their huts is just... Um, like a tent. <laughs> yeah, it's made of wood, but... <laughs> yeah, but you're not Wooden saying tents. house, you're saying hut, so that communicates a lot. <laughs> okay, but that's really... That's very good to know, That's and really cool to hear. Dima, I think... It's you... not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's for adventurous people, for hikers. Yeah. Uh, for other people, you should um, explore a coastal. Still, you can go to mountains and, uh, you know, uh, 
maybe look at the sunset in a beautiful place and go back to mm-hmm. coastal line or in Awadhara resort in the mountains you mm-hmm. can they also have quite basic accommodation but with hot water and sure. so on so you can spend the night or a few nights and hike there even without tents uh, but it's not so authentic experience, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what to do in the coastal part? Uh, I would say that uh, they have really great mixture of uh, different cultural layers there. You can find uh, abandoned villas built by Russian uh, aristocrats and merchants wow. before revolution. Uh, you can find the great... Uh, uh, Soviet uh, stuff, uh, Soviet mosaics, uh, Soviet uh, sanatoriums, uh, you know, sanatorium <laughs> uh, that is uh, not the hospital. Spa. For, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just spa, spa resort. Yeah. Um, and um, you can meet the Abkhazian people like in the villages, which are not really on the coast, but uh, literal in the hills. You can really touch Abkhazian culture. Till now, you can find very traditional people living in the villages. They have uh, the Apatskas. Apatska is a quite archaic uh, type of the house weaved huh. from the rhododendrons or weaved from the hazelnut branches uh-huh. with a fire in the middle. And uh, they smoke cheese and meat uh, inside. And... Uh, in the winter, whole family would sit around the fire in Apatska, mm. discussing something, and uh, you know, sun Sunday lunch uh, with the family. Dima, is it true? I've heard about yeah. Abkhazia that they have amazing tangerines okay. that they grow them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tangerines are great because uh, come <laughs> in November, December, January, and February, and Ooh. yeah, but mostly season is November and December. Uh-huh. And not only tangerines, they, you know, Abkhazia is a uh, garden created uh, by uh, Russian merchants in the uh, beginning of 20th century. They uh, brought so many subtropical uh, fruits, mm. palms, uh, uh, you know, all the subtropical plants from all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so funny because you, probably for maybe people from other climates, Abkhazia is like, not that cozy and warm feeling, but for Russians, you know, that you may as well <laughs> yeah. have been at the equator. They're like, let's I mean, get some palm trees in here. All Russians always <laughs> talk about how amazing the climate is in Abkhazia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, well, that's but it. It is, it's, it's subtropical. It's really great. It's maybe too wet for, for me, mm. but it's great to spend it. Well, time. next time I'm at the market, I'm only going, I'm going to. Walk to stand by stand and asking if their tangerines are Abkhazian. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Abkhazian tangerines in Russia is, is a brand. Sometimes they bring tangerines from Azerbaijan, for example, and call them Abkhazian. They say because Azerbaijani tangerines is not the brand. I wouldn't say they're worse, but it's just then. Then I'll, know, I'll taste it right then and there, and I'll look at them and I'll throw it on the floor. It's like, <laughs> this is an Abkhazian it's a mental, mental block. Yes. <laughs> Wow. I'm ready. Hey, Dima, I think, you know, you've been working for 10 years now on this South Ossetia guidebook. I think once this guidebook is done, you need to equip these Abhazian shepherds with smartphones and get get a Instagram hashtag Abhazian shepherd going. 
Oh yeah. That that's your next task. Yes. Okay, maybe you know one girl <laughs> from USA. Uh, just two weeks ago, she wrote me, and uh, she's a blogger, and she's going to uh, make you post about Abkhazia. Like she's going to come and. Uh, oh, very cool. She's a professional photographer and uh, video videographer, and uh, like tell about Abkhazia to to the world, because she's originally Abkhazian living in USA. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a great opportunity. That's awesome. So Um, what would make a traveler more likely to um, be able to experience local culture? What are some smart things that foreign travelers can do or ways they compare themselves? For example, should you always be ready with a gift, you know, like in your bag to give to someone you meet or... um, are, are there certain things that, that especially in the Caucasus? Yeah, are there certain are yeah. there certain things that like locals find really obnoxious about certain foreigners that you should avoid? That kind of stuff. Uh, well, that's always hard question for me because yeah, people always want to bring something, uh, uh, small gifts. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know, Caucasus is not uh, Himalaya, right? When uh, kids. Uh, around to you asking give me a pen please or mm. give me a coin please uh you know Coxes is more proud area <laughs> mm. uh, and uh, people have uh, much better life than uh, in the regions like you know like rural regions of uh, uh peru or mm-hmm. himalaya and so on. so these small gifts will be really small gifts for people uh and uh, Understanding that, considering that, uh, you just should, should understand that it is something memorable. Uh, so that can be something about uh, you. Right. Something personal. Something really personal. So I can give this advice to you. You you have to understand what is that. Like, you understand that when you meet people, you... Uh, speak with people about something people will remember you because you are uh, like somebody and y- mm-hmm. your gift must be connected with that that's a really good ex- that's a really good point i i struggled with this because like i wanted to be able to give gifts to musicians that i meet because mm. I, I study and try and record local musicians and you uh-huh. know i wanted something more than like a box of tea or chocolates which is really sort of standard just for a guest but I, what, I, what was I going to like bring a trombone or something? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't quite know what to do. And, and I came up with uh, with American made harmonicas, which are mm. yeah, yeah, a nice but, gift. You know, you know. I just, just wanted to say that because harmonica <laughs> is really, it's not very, it's not very expensive, right? Exactly. And it's it, it can, is very American. It's very American, and it was great. We have some, and you know, it's just it's not like you could never get a harmonica here if you wanted one, but it's something unique and kind of particular. So, um, I think that's, that's a really, that's really good advice. Eli, I thought, for, I, for example, I just got another idea. If you are English speaking person, yeah. uh, and, um, uh, till now it's not so many, uh, English speaking tourists in both Abkhazia and South Ossetia. And, uh, maybe if you give, a vocabulary, English, Russian vocabulary, oh, like a little dictionary. The, the dictionary, yeah, the dictionary. Yeah. That, that will be good. Like, uh, sure, you inspire 
people to learn uh, English. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say a big latex mask of Obama. But (laughs) (laughs) hey, Dima, I think it's important to say. Correct me if I'm wrong, but any uh, foreigner that travels to Abkhazia through Russia has to have a multi-entry visa. Correct or double? Yes. So you can't have a single entry visa. You have to have a a double entry or multi-entry tourist visa. Because you have to come back into Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you Americans, you are lucky. You can easily get multiple <laughs> Russian visas. Right. Uh, It'll be easy for you. The world is cannot. Yeah. Uh, wow. The only opportunity to get multiple visa. For example, if you want in one trip visit Abkhazia and South Society, you need multiple entry visa. Right. 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 Uh, and um, for citizens of other countries, uh, you have the only opportunities to get visa visa multiple entry business visa which is not easy and quite expensive yeah mm, that's that's good so what about how about south ossetia how do foreigners get there um and what would you say are the top um maybe two two things you got to see when you're there south ossetia is more complicated than abkhazia okay because uh, you can get uh, into the country only in if a local person or a local travel company invited you okay. and arranged the entry permit for you. Mm-hmm. And entry permit is not an email. Like in Abkhazia, they send you email. <laughs> it's your permit. But uh, uh, South Ossetians, no, it's just a phone. It's even not the paper. It's a phone call uh, from the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs or wow. KGB to the checkpoint <laughs> <laughs> on the border. Uh, that's it. That's just a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, so only local person can invite you and mm. he must uh, or the company must uh, be with you all the time you are in the country. Mm-hmm. You cannot just come and travel yourself on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be accompanied by a local person who made the invitation for you. So, you know, so many people write me and ask me, oh, I want to travel in South Ossetia. How can I get the permit? Uh, yeah, you can. I can arrange, but you cannot just travel. You have to travel with uh, somebody local. With me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so they trust you in South Ossetia, the Ministry uh, of Foreign Affairs. Uh, no, not, not really trust me. I don't have a good... As far as I understand, KGB really don't like me. <laughs> uh, and you know, when I made... Uh, it's probably not personal. In 2009, for example, they tell me a few times that you are strongly recommended to leave the country. <laughs> uh, you know, when KGB tell you you are strongly recommended. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, haven't, oh, I haven't left the country. I go, go and uh, collect information from my guidebook. Uh, so, no, till now, South City is this kind of country with... Mm. Even the name of the security services, till now it is KGB. They call it. Wow. Uh, and it works like that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. They really don't trust people who communicate with foreigners, who go abroad to uh, meet, uh, you know, foreign people from uh, all this, um, for example, from the international organizations, mm-hmm. non governmental organizations who meet uh, Georgian uh, organizations uh, who go because of health problems to hospitals in Tbilisi and mm-hmm. so on. Um, they are in the, like kind of a blacklist. 
Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my company cannot make the permits. I make the permits through my partners. Right? Gotcha. Why? Citizens of South Ossetia. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's why I cannot. That's why tours to South Ossetia cannot be cheap because uh, uh, that is not easy job to make the permit. Right. Uh, we have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes tours uh, more expensive. So assuming all of that happens and the foreigners go through you and through the locals and you got the deal, mm -hmm. tell us about two places, top two, your top two destinations yeah. or activities or, or whatever to do in South Ossetia. Yeah, okay. Uh, first of all, most people who uh, come to me uh, with a request, they want to visit Skinval. Uh, which is, uh, I think, a mistake. Like for them, South Ossetia is Tsinval, but South Ossetia is not just Tsinval. That's the so, capital city. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that for our listeners. What yeah, so these two things will be not Tsinval because you'll get Tsinval without me. Got it. <laughs> I mean, without, without my advice. I would recommend you to visit those medieval churches in oh. the south part of the country. Okay. Mm. Uh, and not only churches, but uh, towers, palaces, uh, and uh, all these uh, things, and to visit uh, the villages where these uh, architectural sites are situated in, uh, and uh, drink with people, and uh, learn how to say traditional Ossetian toasts, huh. uh, participate uh, traditional uh, celebrations, religious mm -hmm. uh, celebrations, uh, that can be a great cultural experience. Um, another thing is uh, mountains, because in South Ossetia they have really huge uh, uh, wild areas where mm. there are more bears than people. Wow. Uh, <sighs> have wild goats, bears, wild pigs, uh, or they have... Uh, Three more than three hundred of deers. Do uh, they do the Caucasus bison make it down into South Ossetia? Are you familiar with that breed of animals? Bison. The buffaloes, yeah, the bison. Uh no, no, not in South Ossetia. Oh, okay, only in the North Caucasus. Ah, okay. Uh yeah, but, but you know, uh, in the North Caucasus, we have a project. We um, set uh, snow leopards free to national parks of mm -hmm. North Caucasus. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the leopards uh, uh, <laughs> illegally crossed the border <laughs> uh, between North Ossetia and South. Oh. And, uh, he or she is in uh, the South Ossetia now. And wow. in big trouble with the KGB. Just <laughs> let it be known. Uh, yeah. Will be so, deported immediately upon being upon found. Being found. You can never find him. <laughs> I, I think the highlight of uh, South Ossetian mountains is uh, Kelly Volcanic Plateau. Tsitilihati oh. uh, Lakes uh, uh, and uh, Kelly Lake. Uh, that is a really interesting place. It uh, um, looks like Kamchatka with all this old. Uh, volcanoes of mm. different colors. Uh, I mean, yeah, in Kamchatka, volcanoes would be alive, but uh, right. in South Ossetia, not. But still, it's a really interesting landscape. That's with, terrific. Uh, lakes and uh, old volcanoes, which are pink, uh, green, uh, red. Uh, um, Man. Yeah. So, mm. 
you sh if you are a trekker or hiker, you should visit this place. Can you get and, there on horseback? Uh, yes, yes, it's possible. Uh, uh, you have to walk, but your backpack will be on the horse. <laughs> that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And actually, we are planning this kind of expedition this summer in the uh, end of June. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Dima, uh, if any of our listeners are interested in touring Abhazia or South Ossetia, trekking with your company, um, visiting those places, how can they contact you? Uh, they can write me an email. They can visit uh, my website, coxeslineexplorer.com. Coxes-explorer.com. Coxes-explorer.com. Yeah, yeah. You guys on Facebook or Instagram or? Uh, we are both, but uh, Facebook is much more interesting than Instagram. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I like uh, writing, not only pictures. <laughs> nice. Uh -huh. Uh, and so Facebook is better than Instagram. Okay. That's cool. And you guys, do you guys do um, like group tours that individuals can join as well as private groups? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we uh, try to make group tours, uh, and uh, but mostly people go privately. Okay. Us. That's awesome. Well, Dima, uh, it's been great having you on the show. I want to wrap up with this final question. We ask this question to all of our guests, and it is, if there's one thing you could tell the world about the North Caucasus, and you can include South Ossetia and, Ab and Abhazia in this, what would you tell the world? It's uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> it's different uh, from what you are used to. Mm -hmm. I mean, living in your country and... Uh, even inside, it is very diverse. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it's very different, colorful, bright, and hospitable. <laughs> Good stuff. It's terrific. That was awesome. Uh, well, Dima, it's been, it's been great having you. Um, I do want to say for our listeners, uh, we, like, I have a separate tour company that I'm directing here, Beyond Red Square, but folks like Dima, and we've had, um, Rashid on a previous show and uh, another guy, Abdullah, is going to be on soon. And these guys all work in tourism. But uh, for me, the Adima and these guys are not competitors. We're all partners. Uh, we work together and we're all really trying to see um, tourism grow in this region. So, uh, yeah, I just want to put that out there. And Dima, I'm glad you could be on the show and we could promote what you guys are doing. You, you really were pioneers for this region. And I uh, wish you the best of luck in all that you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. I agree with you. We should uh, partner in not uh, competing because, you know, <laughs> we should develop this region of the city. You don't want to compete because we're going to win. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Dima. Well, have a great day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dima. Thanks, Dima.